Welcome to this Frequency Matters podcast. I'm Pat Hindle, and today I'm talking with James Pond, Distinguished Engineer at ANSYS. Welcome, James. Uh, thanks, Pat. So we seem to be reaching kind of the limits of current interconnect technology, especially when it comes to high-frequency RF and high-speed digital signals. What trends are you seeing in the chip package and board technology for signal interconnects? Yeah, well, uh, overall, we're definitely seeing a move towards 2.5D and 3D uh, integration. And then along with that is a move to bring the optical interconnects right onto the package uh, as close as possible uh, in order to you know, get all of the advantages and just reduce the need to transmit data uh, over copper. And what types of limits are electrical interconnects running into and how will optical interconnects help that? Yeah, so electrical interconnects are really fundamentally limited in terms of uh, power, reach, and performance. Uh, so as you kind of try to drive the performance or the speed up, of course, what happens is you get higher and higher losses and you just uh, end up blowing through your power budget. And at the same time, as you're dry, trying to drive the performance up, the distance over which you, you can actually communicate gets shorter and shorter. So really you're just kind of running into a wall um, where you, you just can't consume that much power anymore and you can't get the reaches and the speeds that you need. And optical interconnects can solve that problem. Um, obviously it's trickier to build an optical interconnect in the first place compared to an electrical uh, connection. But once you have one, those, those limits in terms of power performance and reach uh, simply aren't there. Uh, there's almost no loss over, you know, if you have a single mode fiber, you can go kilometers potentially or more and you can drive the power, uh, the performance up uh, much, much higher, and you can get a much lower power uh, communication compared to electrical interconnects. And can that conversion from electrical to optical be made without losing too much or, you know, distorting the signal? Yeah, well, that that's kind of where the challenges come in, why, you know, it's taken some time to get to where we'd be using optical interconnects. But yes, it, it can be achieved, and we're certainly starting to see you know some of the products uh, and, and the promise of optical interconnects is really starting to be used. Initially, of course, you know over the last decade, we've really seen optical interconnects uh, be used more and more in data centers, uh, you know, to get the performance up, uh, and we see the performance continuing to increase. You know, from 400G to 800G is kind of the move happening. Uh, right now, and 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 that's worked out well, but it still worked out with like a pluggable architecture. So you have a pluggable uh, optical interconnect that goes into a, a faceplate, and then from there, it's an electrical signal, uh, and that's something that still has to be removed and is just in the process now of being removed. And can you give us some other examples besides the data center where these optical interconnects are solving problems today? Well, I think the data, data center has been kind of a key one uh, and uh, switches we're seeing, um, you know, we've seen recent announcements, say from Broadcom with kind of a co-packaged optical uh, switch architecture. Uh, so that, that's kind of the main driving force. But I do think that uh, over time, we're going to see more and more applications where, you know, once we have these optical interconnects and, and understand the technology, you know, how to use it, it'll allow us to start thinking about all kinds of new, new ways uh, that we can solve problems uh, simply because we have, you know, this incredibly high performance uh, interconnects at, at our disposal now. So what types of design challenges do optical interconnects have for a design engineer? 
Yeah, well, first of all, it's a completely new type of physics that the design engineer would have to, to use. And in fact, it's very multi-physics. So you kind of have to know everything you know about electrical, uh, like analog design. And in addition, you throw on photonics. There's some really particular challenges. For example, the the devices tend to be very large compared to advanced nodes, and they, they don't need advanced node technology, but they're still incredibly sensitive to nanometer scale variations. So if you have even a, a few nanometers of, of roughness on the edges of waveguides, optical waveguides, you can get unacceptable levels of loss. And so you really have to have very uh, well-controlled processes uh, to make it work. And then they're also as a sort of multi-physics problem, they're, they're very sensitive to thermal fluctuations as well. So that, that's good and bad. We, we use that to be able to tune the devices, but uh, also you know, when you start putting them into a co-packaged environment with a lot of heat sources, it's something you really have to manage in terms of the impact on the, on the performance and on your power budget. So it really is kind of a, a whole new type of physics that needs to be learned. And I think the direction that I, I hope that the industry will go will be to create uh, sort of like um, more standardized optical interconnect links as sort of IP blocks that can be dropped in so that the the person designing the system, the architecture doesn't necessarily have to know all of the physics of how to design a photonic link. They can see it as just a very high speed connection with electrical in and electrical out with good behavioral models so they can run simulations and, you know, backed up by, you know, proven foundry processes to to get them made. So it really takes like an integrated platform of multi-physics, taking all those physical and electrical, optical physics into effect, and then you can realize a good design through that, right? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, it's a it's a highly multi-physics problem, big challenge. And again, I think that's, you know, that's why we've seen it take some time to get to the level of maturity that that we're achieving today. And how do you see optical interconnects evolving to meet these ever-increasing data rates? Yeah, well, I mean, the good thing is that they've proven that they can keep on uh, increasing performance uh, year over year. It, it keeps on getting better. You know, it's you, you get that relentless move, 100G, 400G, 800G, you know, 1.6 terabit, and it keeps on, keeps on going. So I think that... Uh, you know that trend will will continue, um, but I think the other trend is also that is bringing the optical interconnects closer and closer to the package. So if you look at things like um, you know what say Broadcom has announced or some work we've we've done with HPE, you know it's it's bringing in a sort of a co-package environment uh, way where you bring the uh, the optical I/O right to sort of the edge of the package, but that still means that you have um, like a substrate or a silicon interposer where you're having electrical uh, signals that are traveling between the different chips, say from the edge to the ASIC. And even those few millimeters can cost you a lot in terms of power. So, you know, what I foresee is that we're gonna start bringing the optics really right into the package. And for example, you could imagine that the silicon interposer becomes a silicon photonic interposer, and then you can have full optical communication between all of the different chips on a, a 2.5D or 3D uh, IC package. And what future technologies will be enabled by these new optical interconnects? You know, where can we go with it? Well, I, I'm really excited about this because a lot of my background is in running like high performance computing simulation. And I think that optical interconnects are going to really solve one of the core bottlenecks of, of HPC, which is that, um, you know, is data communication. So for example, a, a CPU today, for most calculations is actually sitting almost idle while it waits for memory to come in and out. 
Uh, and so when you have the, the kind of performance interconnects that we're talking about optically, you know, that type of problem can almost go away. Uh, and in addition to that, you can start to completely rethink compute architectures. Uh, so today we put everything on a board or on a package and we try to get it as close as we possibly can to solve this inter electrical interconnect problem. But with optical interconnects, you know, you don't necessarily have to have your memory so close to uh, a, a CPU, for example. Uh, and so you can start thinking about disaggregated architectures. You can have entirely new shared memory types of architectures. So I think it's really going to revolutionize high-performance computing. Well, that would be a cool thing to see. I know they've been using it even in satellites. They're trying to do that, too, and be able to handle high data rates and, and not expend so much energy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, you know, optical communication has a big role to play in, uh, in satellites, for sure. Well, thank you, James, for providing your insights and thoughts on the future of interconnect technology. We appreciate your time and thank the audience for listening. Remember, you can find more podcasts at podcast.microwavejournal.com. Thanks for listening today.